Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is a little bit different. I interview Katie from Whole Health NZ. Katie's a woman's health physio and also a nutritionist, and she's super knowledgeable in all things pre and postpartum. I will let you guys get into the episode because I know it's a highly requested one, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No problem. Thanks a million for having me along. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you, where you're from and what you do for work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a physio and a mum of two. Um, and I am Irish, in case you can't tell by my accent. <laughs> but I um, moved to New Zealand about 10 years ago and um, I've been working as a physio, which has brought me into varying disciplines within physio. Um, and since I became a mom, I have really become very interested in pelvic health physio or women's health physio, as some people wouldn't know it by. Um, and I have also completed a master's in nutrition. Um, and my focus on my master's in nutrition was very much women's health as well. So I've got a real yeah. interest in pre and postnatal um, areas, both physio and nutrition. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And whereabouts do you live? Um, I'm based out in Raglan, which is really lovely. And I'm a work out of a Pilates studio in Raglan called Z Pilates. I'm an advanced Pilates instructor as well and do a bit of therapeutic yoga. So I combine the two of them together with my patients. And um, so I've got a really varied caseload. I see people for your usual yeah. ACC ankles and backs and things like that. Um, then I do pure nutrition consults. Uh, but I also try and do a lot of women's health combined consults with nutrition and physio um, and then I run pre yeah. postnatal classes so that keeps me all very busy. Mm. Do you want to take us through what the role of a woman's health physio is sort of in relation to pregnancy and postnatal care? Sure so I actually um, think about 10 years ago when I was in college and we had our lectures on women's health and I was like that is definitely not the type of physio that I want to be. Um, but then suddenly when you have your own kids, these issues become a lot more real and, um, yeah. it's, yeah. So that's what's grown my interest in it. But I don't think that until I experienced going to a women's health physio myself that I really appreciated how much we can do for women. I don't think that even people realize how many women have what we kind of call pelvic 
floor disorders. Um, there was yeah. a study I read the other day which was saying that sort of 25% of women in the US have a pelvic floor disorder of some type. Um, oh, wow. And that can be people who have had babies and people who haven't had babies. So that's very high. And it's just something that we just don't really talk about. So it's great to be able to talk about yeah. it with you. Um, so in terms of uh, women's health physio, um, we do a lot of work with women who um, have a variety of pelvic disorders and they can vary from the basic one that most of us would have think about postnatally, which would be um, incontinence, urinary incontinence. So you can imagine yourself never doing a star jump again or jumping on a trampoline again. So then other areas that we deal with are things like fecal incontinence, which again, I don't think women talk about, but it can be an issue postnatally for women um, from nerve damage or um, tearing or just some of the traumas from birth. We also yeah. deal a lot with pelvic pain disorders. And these um, can be common in women who haven't had babies as well, things like endometriosis. Um, and then postnatally, a lot of women will deal with pain with sex. That becomes quite common for women, much more common than you know. Yeah. And then the other one that people think about a lot is prolapse. So that's where one of the organs within the pelvis descend down. There's varying stages of prolapse, but it is very common in women who birth vaginally. And it can be something that may not appear straight away, but can come up, crop up over the years. And particularly when women hit menopause, it can become more of an issue and more obvious for them. So I think it's really important to just sort of highlight how common these disorders are and these issues are for women, Yeah. Uh, but that we just don't really want to talk about it. And yeah. how then the other thing to, to uh, mention as well is that for all these issues, you know, prolapse, pain with, um, with intercourse and, um, leaking both urine or, um, through your bowels, physio is actually one of the gold standard treatments. So if you have any of those kind of issues, the people you want to go to first is a physio over your GP or a gynae. Um, there's the most evidence behind physio helping women in these areas. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's very interesting. And can anybody come to see you or do they need a referral? What's the sort of process there? Well, most, there's a lot of physios who work privately as as pelvic health physios um, and a no yeah. referral is needed then if you want to come and see us. There it is a little bit more expensive, but um, I think sometimes people will say, you know, costs, I mean, for me to come see me for an hour, it costs $60 and you might only need one session. But, um, that is, you know, we spend that money getting our hair done. We spend that money buying our baby's new outfits, those kind of things. And actually we need to be valuing ourselves as being important in that. Sure. Um, but for some women, I guess where it is an, an issue, you can be referred to the public health system. So that would involve contacting your GP and, um, asking them for a referral. Um, and I would okay. recommend it for anyone who is kind of concerned about pelvic health issues would be maybe to call the GP's office first of all and ask to see a GP who has experience in women's health. Because I have yep. sort of, you know, friends who have gone to GPs and tried to talk about some of these issues and they're not that comfortable with it and then nothing kind of comes of it. So, um, yeah. yeah, and sometimes you just kind of have to be a bit proactive and say, I'd like you to refer me to the hospital to see the pelvic health physios or I'd like you to refer me to a gynecologist, yeah. you know? Yeah. So speak up for yourself. 
Cool. And what would I expect at my first appointment with you? What would be sort of the main point of me coming maybe before birth and then again after birth? Uh, yeah, so I, I tend to see some of my women will come before birth, especially second time mums um, tend to want to come in before birth and just sort of have a bit of a chat and check out everything. Um, and then again, yeah. we pick up a lot of women postnatally who are having issues. But for that um, first session, generally I would sit down with and have a chat about where you're at, how your pregnancy's gone, um, and any concerns you might have about labour. Um, I know that we all go to our antenatal class but I think sometimes there's questions that are we don't get to answer or you know um, we have concerns and we don't talk about it in front of a group so I often find myself answering those kind of questions um, yeah. and then prenatally as well it's really good to have a look at your posture because a lot of women do end up with um, pain in the pelvis and low back and that's our posture changes so much with the weight of the baby forward so there's a few things you can do to help with that and also the big thing to remember is that physios are um, exercise specialists. So if you want to be um, sent down the right track for exercise uh, safely pre and postnatally, a physio is one of the best people to see for that. Yeah. And then we kind of get into the nitty and gritty of the pelvic floor health. So um, generally, if I'm actually every time I see someone prenatally, I will teach them about pelvic floor exercises and get them to start doing them during pregnancy and then with a real strong focus and getting into them afterwards. But just making sure that people are doing them yeah. correctly because a lot of people don't do it correctly. Uh, so that's a really important one to run through. And then I often yeah. find um, with those second time mums, sometimes with first time mums, but tends to be second time mums that they will be keen to have an internal examination and I guess a lot of people don't know that physios do this but with the consent um, we will do an internal examination where you're fully informed um, to just see how strong the pelvic floor is and to be able to yep. tell if one side sort of functions better than the other or the front of the back is stronger and just have an idea of what your pelvic floor is like um, and that's when we pick up things like prolapses um, or little um, changes in the muscle tissue. And yeah. then the other thing I would uh, do quite a bit with my prenatal ladies is talk about bowel health, which again, people don't necessarily think is a physio area. Um, but uh, how you empty your bowels during pregnancy is really important for making sure that you don't... Um, put too much pressure on the pelvic floor, which is already pretty loaded. Yep. So um, there's a few things you can do to make sure that you're emptying your bowels well. And then also making sure you don't get constipated in pregnancy. And that's particularly important for women who are taking iron supplements in pregnancy because um, that can get quite constipated. So if constipation is a problem in pregnancy, I would definitely advise you to seek out a little bit of help just to protect that pelvic floor. Um, and yep. then the final thing that I would find in a prenatal, prenatal session doing is just chatting about those early postnatal days you know I think I don't know about you but for my first son my first delivery it was quite traumatic and then afterwards I didn't know the ins and outs of all the things that happened in those first few days and that kind of made it all feel a bit harder so I'd always make an effort yeah. to have conversation about those things that nobody wants to talk about like going to the toilet for the first time or what to do if you have a tear you know um the reality yeah so that's yeah. um mostly what we do in a prenatal um, and then after birth <laughs> that can be quite a long <laughs> session we'll be booking women for quite a while because everybody kind of wants to debrief their birth you know just like you guys yeah. do here on the podcast yeah. 
So I will always sort of sit down and have a good chat about how it all went and, you know, how people feel after their um, birth and make sure that you feel heard about things that went well, things that didn't go so well. And then one of my uh, real focuses is um, helping women returning back to exercise. I think there's such a huge push for women now to get their bodies back and get out there and get moving and get going quickly. And uh, yeah, it's not really healthy for us you know we need to have time to heal we need to take things slowly and and so yeah um, there's actually physio guidelines written recently that um say that women shouldn't be returning to running from between um three to six months which is quite a long time um, yep. and you know um going back to running on a guided return so that's all the kind of things that i would go through with women is making sure that they know all these things and that they're on the right track to get back to the exercise that they want to and really promote that self-care and then again we get into the pelvic floor stuff so if um you want um, an internal examination can be done to see how the pelvic floor is if you're not comfortable with that that is fine there's lots we can do without doing an internal examination but it allows us then to see how strong your pelvic floor is again and how anything occurred how well you're healing um, and to deal with any of those issues that might be arising um, with the bladder or bowel. And then the other big one that people talk about a bit is that um, abdominal separation. So um, yeah. that happens a lot with women um, in pregnancy. It's, it's sort of seen in most women by the time they get to the end of the pregnancy. And the question really about is whether the abs join back together. And that's something that the a physio will assess and be able to guide you on and enable you to return to exercise considering that i also think that people don't really realize that c-sections um scars can be really helped by physio as well so we can do some nice yes. release work to loosen out c-section scars because often they get a bit sort of sticky and they can affect your ability to use your abdominals and your core postnatally so that's another yeah. nice area anyone who's had a c-section to think about seeing women's health physio what I might do now is um, we got a bunch of questions on our Instagram from followers about what they'd like to know from a woman's health physio. So I might just run Brilliant. through a few of those in terms of preparing for birth. So the first yeah. one is what is the best exercise or best exercises to be doing to prepare for labor and birth? I, the biggest thing really is to keep moving when you're pregnant and to find an exercise that suits you and to keep moving. Women, the rates of women exercising in pregnancy is really low, but the benefits can be huge for you and your baby. Uh, So if there's anything I can do tonight, it'd be just to encourage women to get out there and get moving. Um, And also to remember that if you do join a prenatal exercise class, it's actually can become a lovely support group. You know, you're meeting other women who are pregnant and that's what can be a really nice side of it. So I would really encourage women to seek out a prenatal class that's led by a physio or somebody who's trained in prenatal exercise. But if that's not available to you, it's really important to think about things like keeping your hips nice and mobile and keeping them strong as well. And you need to make sure that you're keeping flexible because that's the area that's going to open up to release your baby. And also to keep your legs strong and those after labor sometimes you can feel a bit like you ran a marathon and um, your, your legs have just worked so hard so keeping them strong in pregnancy is really important 
And I think one of the things people think is that when you're pregnant, there's loads of that hormone relaxing in your body, which can, we talk a lot about it, making you very flexible and opening up the body and allowing you to deliver your baby. But sometimes I find that women exercise less in pregnancy and yes, they have the relaxing, but they actually stiffen up because they're not doing as much as they usually would. Yeah. So just making sure you stretch regularly is really, really important. Pelvic floor exercises, making sure you understand what they are and what you're going to need to do postnatally. And then another really important area within that is learning to relax your pelvic floor. And this is sort of a a big new area in women's health, but we're realizing that a lot of women have been told all the time to, you know, draw up your pelvic floor and squeeze in and then their pelvic floor has become a bit sort of hyperactive. And so lengthening and stretching at your pelvic floor is really good exercise to do um, while you're pregnant. Yeah. But if you're concerned at all about exercise and pregnancy, just um, contact a women's health physio and, you know, get a bit of advice about what you can and can't do. And there's not much you can't do, really. Um, But it's just about keeping you and your baby safe. Yeah. Awesome. And how would I know if I was doing my pelvic floor exercises correctly? Is there any way of sort of testing that yourself without seeing a physio or is seeing the physio the best way? You can test a bit yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest mistake that people make is when they go to engage their pelvic floor, they actually push down and bear down rather than draw the pelvic floor back up um, inside, like as if you were drawing it back up inside the body. So just by putting your hand down there, you can sort of feel whether you're pushing or whether it's lifting away from your hand. So it's quite a good way for you to realize yourself. The other thing is you want to make sure that when you activate your pelvic floor, you don't just squeeze your bum muscles and suck everything up. You've got to try and keep your (laughs) bum muscles nice and relaxed and just draw the pelvic floor up ever so slightly. And again, there's no bracing in your tummy either. You know, sometimes it's people do it like as if it's a big core action. Um, So they draw everything in. But it's really gentle. And if I was sitting in front of you doing it now, you wouldn't be even able to tell that I'm doing it. And that's the way it should be. You know, yes. it should be just a really simple draw up and activation. If you are concerned at all, you can go to a physio and have them assess you. Um, and postnatally, it is it is a good idea to see physios and have that assessment done. Awesome. Cool. And um, another question that came through was, can I cause damage if I'm holding on when I'm pregnant? So I think the sort of way that this question came about was we had a lady who was a teacher and she was sort of struggling to use the bathroom as much as she felt like she needed to. So she was holding on often and then would get quite sore or painful at the bottom of her, I guess, abs or pelvic floor. Mm. So can you cause damage by holding on when you need to go to the bathroom? I don't know if damage is the word I would use, but I would definitely say that you could irritate your pelvic floor a little bit. um, And that might lead to things like pelvic girdle pain in pregnancy. And so it is sort of normal um, when you're not pregnant to be going to the toilet about six to eight times a day. So thinking about that when you're pregnant, you go a little bit more because of that pressure. Um, But for that particular lady, I would say that it would be very good for her to practice some of those nice pelvic floor relaxation um, stretches. And um, I can post a few of them on my Instagram um, so just to show what they are and how easy they are, but that would be yeah. quite important for that lady. Cause she's obviously overacting the pelvic floor to hold on. As such. Sure. 
Okay, awesome. And just one last one for this sort of um, preparing for birth. Is there anything I can do to prepare my vagina for birth? I'm terrified of tearing. So I think this one comes through a lot. Um, I get constant messages about um, tearing during labor or birth and what we can do to prevent that. So do you have any tips or um, words of advice on that? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of fear around this area and I can understand why. And so there is a few things you can do. Um, starting from about 35 weeks, there's um, evidence to show that doing perineal massage can reduce your risk of tearing. Not necessarily your risk of getting a tear, but more the degree of your tear can be reduced by doing perineal yeah. massage. Um, so I would really recommend that to all the ladies out there. It can be, I mean, you can get into the bath and do your perineal massage. You can do it in the shower. Um, you just have to take time out of your day to make sure you do it in those last um, five weeks. But yeah. one of the biggest thing I think is that um, we can be as so out of touch with that area of our body that some people are kind of intimidated or grossed out by the idea. But you do, if you're going to do it, you need to do it properly and you need to not, you know, um, you're trying to... And imitate what happens when the tear occurs sort of from the front of the vagina back towards the anus. So you're kind of getting your fingers right in inside the vagina and drawing down. And most people, it's best really to get your thumb in and do that sort of U shape with your thumb, but just making sure that you're yeah. doing it well. Yeah. And again, another reason to see a women's health physio and um, when you are pregnant to have that discussion and find out a bit more about that. But there is a couple of things. I went on a course recently that they talked about them doing in hospitals in Sydney at the moment. It's a conversation you might want to have with your midwife, but there's a little bit of evidence to suggest that using a hot flannel when you're in that pushing phase of delivery um, can be really helpful. So just having that pressure and the warmth against the perineum of a hot flannel can reduce your tearing or the degrade of your tear. Um and also having a bit of hands-on contact. So often we'll find that midwives are, can be a bit hands-off, but if you really want, you can ask them to have their hands on the perineum and support the perineum as the baby's head's coming out to hopefully reduce your risk of tearing. So there may be two things you might want to have a chat with your midwife or your obstetrician about and, and sort of see whether that's something that you guys want to do. Yeah, just give you a bit of control of your birth and um, feel a bit better about it if you're worried about it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so I think we'll jump into some post-birth questions now because I think there was a lot of those. So yes. uh, when should I be seeing you post-birth if I've just had my baby? When when will I know or how will I know that it's a good time to book an appointment and come and see you? Cool. Well, I think we kind of hear this word about a six-week check. I feel sort of in New Zealand, and it's the same in Ireland, this is is not really done that well. So it tends to be you go for a six-week check, they check your baby, they might talk to you about contraception, but nobody's actually really checking you. So a six-week check is a really, really good time to go and see your physio. Um, around that six week mark, there is no sort of magic. You hit six weeks and then you can start exercising and you can just go and do what you were doing beforehand. There's no magic number yeah. for it. So six weeks is a good time to go and see where you're at and, um, make a plan to see how you're healing and how ready you are to move on um, with exercise and movement again. Okay. Awesome. And I had stitches. So how will I know if they're healing correctly? 
Um, and again, this is another one that would be good for that six week check. Um, so <laughs> you can talk to your midwife about it and do talk to your midwife about it. Use them, ask them if you're concerned at all, raise it with your midwife. And um, again, your GP is somebody who would be able to um, check and see if your stitches are healing well or not. But then also, if you go to see a physio, we'll do the same too. So we'll be able to check and see if you're healing. But you're just looking out for those warning signs of it becoming very red and hot um, and itchy or painful. And then you'll want to go see somebody quite quickly just to make sure that you're healing well down yeah. there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And if I feel fine, is it necessary to see a physio after birth? So if I get to six weeks or... I don't know, a couple of months down the track and I think, no, I feel fine. There's no necessary reason for me mm. to go and see a physio. Would I be correct? Or should ideally everybody be going to see a women's health physio? In an ideal world, everyone would be funded to go and see a women's <laughs> health physio. And do you know what? In some countries yeah. they are, like the NHS are pushing to bring it in in the UK. In France, I think you get about eight appointments with a women's health physio postnatally, which is huge. Yeah. Even if you're not concerned about anything, there's no harm in going and actually it's probably beneficial. Um, but yeah. if at the time you're not concerned about anything, there's just a few things that you should keep an eye out for. Um, so any kind of symptoms of pain, dragging, heaviness in the pelvic floor is something that you'll want to look out for and also any leaking. So we have made it, it's very common to leak and we laugh about it and we laugh about, you know, having a baby and then sneezing and wetting your pants, laughing, wetting your pants, but it's not normal and it shouldn't happen, but it's so common that we normalize it. So if that yeah. is an issue for you, um, go and see somebody and get it dealt with. And the reason I say that as well is because as you get older, um, and especially when you hit menopause, that tissue changes an awful lot and it will become a bigger problem. So even if it's just something in the back of your mind at the moment, it, it will become a bigger problem later if you don't address it. So, um, if you don't see a physio straight away, you might decide in a year's time that maybe it's the right, maybe it's right now or a couple of years time. Maybe I need to go and see somebody. I, I've been for a run and I ended up leaking and I need to go and get it checked out. So, um, yeah, yeah I think that, and ideally we would all go. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, cool. And um, next question, I think you've just covered probably most of that, but how do I know if something isn't right after birth? So if it's my first time and I've got nothing to compare it to, how would I know what level of pain or sort of discomfort warrants me needing to see um, a physio? Um, yeah, and I, these are great questions because as you say, if you've, if you've never had a baby, you don't know about these things. And also we're not talking about them enough openly, um, cause it is yeah. quite a private confidential area. So you're looking for things like pain. Um, it's, it's not normal for sex to be painful after birth, you know, within the first little while, it'll be a bit uncomfortable, but it's not normal for it to be painful. And you can address that. Um, it's again, as I said, not normal to leak either, um, from your bladder or your bowels. Um, and uh, that heavy dragging sensation, or if anything's just feeling different or unusual down there, uh, that's yeah. when you know that there's a bit of changes. Yeah. And I have to say some women get away scot-free and they're, it all goes well for them <laughs> and it works well. But for those of us yeah. who don't, it's important to know. Awesome. Cool. And next question is, how can I help my vagina to look normal again after birth? So this particular person felt like um, everything looked completely different, even, you know, a good couple of months after giving birth. And is there anything that she can do to sort of 
I guess, assist in the healing process? Or is it just that your vagina will be completely changed after birth and it's not likely that it will go back to normal? Um, this is like, this is a big question really, isn't it? Because it's like with everything with yeah. our body, our body, body has changed so much when we have babies and society is putting us under so much pressure to be the woman that we were before we had a baby and we're just not anymore. Yeah. Um, so there, there is changes, um, in your vagina, definitely after birth, but it shouldn't be huge. So if maybe this lady is seeing signs of a prolapse or some changes in that area that should be addressed by a woman's health physio, I think if yeah. you are, if you find yourself going, wow, this looks completely different or feels completely different, then it's definitely good to go get checked. Um, and yeah. it even may be as simple as just making sure you're doing your pelvic floor exercises, getting that strength back and that will really help with that concern. Yeah. But as yeah. well, I, we definitely need to be respecting that we have new bodies and, you know, we're different now that we become mums and yeah. things changed. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Awesome. And if I had a C-section, is it still necessary for me to be focusing on pelvic floor exercises? Um, it's not as important, um, but there is such a load on the pelvic floor during pregnancy that it is no harm and it's probably good to just keep using the pelvic floor and keep exercising the pelvic floor. I would keep an eye out for any of those concerns like leaking or anything like that that could be happening and that'll just tell you that your pelvic floor was affected despite you didn't deliver vaginally. But really for women yeah. who've had C-sections, that scar tissue management is quite important. Um, so the scar tissue can really be quite deep and can cut the affect your ability to activate those muscles at the front. And this is often when mums yeah. will kind of say to you things like, I have a mum tum and it's never gone back. You know, I've always got this bulging area and sometimes that can just be because the tissue or the scar is so tight. So that would be more of my focus if a mum came into me after a C-section. Awesome. And next question is, how long should I be waiting to have sex after giving birth? This question is asked a lot, um, but it is very, very, very individual. I mean, some women feel ready very quickly and some don't. And again, it'll depend on your what what's happened in the birthing process, you know, whether you had a tear yeah. or not, um, how you delivered. But I, the big, the best way to answer this question is that it's whenever you feel you can and that also you feel you want to. Um, and remembering that those breastfeeding hormones and the change in your hormones from ha just having a baby alone can change your body so much that it might be a little while before you actually want to. Um, yeah. But that six to eight week mark is a good gauge of when your pelvic floor should be feeling back to normal but if you've got any concerns again just go get checked out speak to somebody about it yeah awesome and should sex still hurt three months post-birth should i be experiencing yeah painful symptoms during intercourse um no is the answer to that no you shouldn't <laughs> be and um, the best thing to do is to go and be seen because it can be with the trauma that happens in the tissue that um like the way if you had a sore shoulder, the muscle in your shoulder might get some knots in it or some areas of tension that can occur in the pelvic yeah. floor. And that can be what's causing that pain. Um, and yeah. as physios, we can deal with that or we can help you in the right direction to deal with that. And it's something that I find a lot of the women who come through my door are coming to me about because it's so common and um, they're embarrassed by yeah. it and they don't know who to talk to. So, yeah.
Okay, awesome. And I think you answered earlier on what a prolapse is, but how would I know if I have a prolapse? And is it likely that it can be treated? So is it something that's easy to treat under the guidance of a physio? Yeah, so again, this is the main area where physio has the most evidence behind um, and actually treating prolapse and doing your pelvic floor exercises. But it's not just quite as simple as doing pelvic floor exercises will resolve it. So definitely get an assessment if there is if we are suspecting a prolapse and um, an internal examination will probably be done obviously you consent to that yeah. but it's the best way to tell so with a prolapse um it can be the bladder the anus of the back or it can be the cervix moving down they don't necessarily protrude all the way out you know we have the image in our head of women going to the gym and then prolapsing and um, it's not like that it's not sort of this one activity yeah. that causes it it just can be gradual progression it can have been from your long delivery so it is very important to get checked out there's loads we can do to help absolutely loads we can do to help and you know within three to six months of working on it you should be making really good progress and it shouldn't really be too much of an issue for you saying that some women do need surgery um, but physio is the place to start. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And if I feel fine and sort of all healed post-birth around four weeks, can I start exercising again or do I need to wait till the six-week guideline? Um, I'm always afraid to say, Go, you can exercise a six-week season <laughs> because, uh, you know, what one person's exercise is is not the same as another person's exercise. Yeah. So, um I mean, and just to reiterate what I said earlier, those new physio guidelines that came out said that women shouldn't be returning to running until about three months and until they can achieve this sort of series of exercises that they've provided that um, don't cause any issues to the pelvic floor. So yes, get back walking, get back moving as early as you want. You can do some gentle core activation, some nice pelvic tilts and stretches. But once you hit that six week mark, then you can think about going to a postnatal class. And I would really recommend that you exercise with a health professional in that early period who's qualified to take you through the exercises and um, someone who understands about abdominal separation and diastasis and understands about the pelvic floor, just to make sure that you're keeping yourself um, safe. I always say to people, you know, we spend nine months growing these babies and our bodies go through this huge mm -hmm. change. And then we expect yeah. within four weeks to be just back to where we were before. Yeah. So yeah. just respecting your body. And then the other thing is that like, well, you might feel like going for a walk or a run. Maybe you need to prioritize your sleep. And maybe you just need to have a good rest. Um, so, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's often an area where I'll talk to people about nutrition as well to make sure they're eating enough calories while they're breastfeeding, especially if they begin to exercise again. Okay, awesome. All right, so those are the main questions that I had from listeners um, for pre- and post-birth. Is there anything else that right. you'd like to include or give um, our listeners information about in terms of pre- or postnatal visits or just anything to do with a woman's health physio that you'd like for people to know? Yeah, um, I guess the biggest thing is for women not to be worried about going to see a physio postnatally. You know, we're, we've seen it all. We have, um, heard every kind of situation and every story. So, you know, if you, you may feel like you're the only person experiencing this, but trust me, you're not. Um, so yeah. don't be worried. Um, and then the other thing is that Yes, we do do internal exams, but we don't have to do them to everybody. So if that's something you're not comfortable with, that is totally fine. Um, we yeah. can work around it and we can do other things that will help you. And 
then postnatally, I'll just to say it again, just to make sure you return to exercise safely and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, I think that that's probably one of my biggest messages. Slow down, mums. You've got enough yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. And don't be pushed back into bouncing back into your body, you know. Yeah. And yeah. also to say, um, as a women's health physio, the reason I've done this um, is because I, the experience of going to a women's health physio for me was so valuable. And I went between my, after my first delivery and before I had my second baby and my little girl, I went to a women's health physio and it just helped me so much to prepare for my labor and to learn how to let go of my pelvic floor so I could deliver naturally and understand what my body was capable of. So, um, and I think that's the same with a lot of pelvic health physios we've we've been there we've done it and we understand and we have a bit of empathy for you yeah yeah Yeah. awesome I think that's just sparked one question for me actually is there a um is there a best time to sort of book in to see a woman's health physio if you only plan on going once before your birth is there a sort of weekly time that you would recommend I think sort of before you hit that 37 weeks, but sort of in that third trimester is a nice time to come, you know, when you're really knuckling down and starting to think about things like perineal massage and um, relaxing the pelvic floor. And and some people will have quite um, significant pelvic pain at that stage. um, And we can really help with that. So that's, that would be my sort of end stage of pregnancy would probably be the best stage to be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just before we wrap up, um, I'd love for you to share your Instagram information and sort of any website or Facebook page that people could find you on if they wanted to connect with you. And I know you said you might share a few different things on your page throughout the next little while. So if you could give us that information, that would be great. Brilliant. And um, my business is Whole Health NZ, and um, and I have um, www.wholehealthnz.com, and you'll find me on. Instagram as whole health NZ. And yeah, I will. I've, I'm trying to get better at my Instagram. So I will um, <laughs> share a few more exercises and stuff whenever I can find time. But if you keep an eye on my stories anyway, I tend to share any good posts that I find that some other um, physios are putting together and guide you towards their pages and some good information for you that's out there. So yeah, come and say yeah, hi. Okay. Awesome. And I'll make sure I pop that in the show notes as well so that everyone can find you. Brilliant. And thank you so much for having me on. It's just so nice to discuss this and uh, get people more aware of um, our role and how we can help you. Sure. No, I definitely agree. I think it's a really important conversation and I'm very grateful to you for taking the time to speak with me tonight. So thank you, Katie. Thank you very much. Yeah, great. No worries. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.